Hey, everybody. Hey, Elevation Community Church. Uh, we are here. Uh, it is about 45 degrees in the sanctuary. <laughs> and so uh, hopefully you're sitting in your homes or at Starbucks or somewhere uh, a lot warmer than we are. Uh, but we're still going to have church together. And um, our God is so faithful. It's so amazing. Um, just how the turn of events happened this weekend. Uh, Brent, your worship team was supposed to have a um, a uh, workshop, worship workshop with a guy from Pennsylvania, uh, yeah. David David Santa Stevens. Shout out to him. Thank you for being flexible. And you canceled due to weather. And he was going to be the special guest, yeah. <laughs> uh, which we wouldn't have a service this morning. Plus, um, we decided that uh, for the message this Sunday, this was planned this week, we were going to do uh, our weekly impact podcast, but do it live with everybody. So uh, we don't have to change much. Um, so we're cuddled up here. I got this Bengals uh, blanket and uh, we're going to go into the word together. So Ephesians chapter two, verses one through 10, and then I'll just read one verse, which will be uh, verse 20. Uh, as well. As we read, keep in note, keep note who we are before Christ and after Christ. We're just going to read um, two verses a piece, and we'll just, uh, I'll start, and then Brent, we'll go to you. Sounds good. Sounds good. You guys ready? Yeah. Here we go. And you were dead, not almost dead, you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love for which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us. In Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And then down to verse 20. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Mm. Wow, that's rich. Um, you know, you can spend, and, and, and pastors do, uh, churches spend a lot of time just teaching through Ephesians too. Um, so guys, feel free to chime in, but uh, what, what are your thoughts? What, what are some observations uh, that come to mind? And again, those of you watching live stream, feel free to tweet. Um, feel free to, by the way, Daniel, did I, did I use that correctly? You did. Feel you free did to tweet. Um, yes. I'm, not a, I'm not a Twitter buff, so. Twitter's the noun. Uh, I'm, not a tweet, I'm not a tweet buff. Is it, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, feel it's, free it's to tweet. It's getting worse, Phil. It's getting worse. Feel, feel free to tweet. <laughs> and uh, feel free to, free to text any questions or comments, and we will try to fit that in as we go. Um, yeah. Thoughts? Um, yeah. Also, I got a comment already about these uh, sweet pink gloves. Um, <laughs> shout out to uh, Raquel Mueller for uh, letting me borrow these. We had a quick delivery it this takes morning. It uh, takes a true man, I guess, to be in live stream with pink gloves. So um, <laughs> anyway, we'll just throw that up for you guys. Uh, I, I think that the it's really amazing to see the uh, just the stark difference between who we were uh, what the condition of our, our lives, what the condition of our heart. I think it's, so this is where we get the word saved. Saved comes from, like when we say, oh, are you saved? Oh, I've been saved. It comes from this chunk of scripture. And it's kind of a, in our, I guess, 
uh, Christian vernacular. It's kind of an overused word. Yeah. And it's a word that sometimes is abused. And But if you look at this, there's not really any other way to describe the condition. It's not like we were struggling, we were wallowing, and then Christ threw us a lifeline. It's like we were dead, flat on our back, uh, like uh, drowned, and Christ yeah. came and rescued us and revived us and resurrected us. Like it's, yeah. there's there's not like this kind of... Uh, Princess Bride reference. There's not this almost dead. It's <laughs> dead. I mean, we are dead. Almost. And I know exactly. Yeah. Um, it, you know, before we go <laughs> go into the very good news that we are alive in Christ, um, I think it's so important for us today, as we read Ephesians, to really understand our dead state before Christ. Um, you, I hear this quote a lot. I heard it probably more growing up, but I still hear this from, from time to time that God helps those who help themselves. That couldn't be further from the truth. (laughs) There is no good within us. Like, especially in this day of centrality where our government, our culture, our world, it's all about self. It's all about our own strength, our own power, our own Uh, ability to save the world, and that couldn't be farther from the truth. Uh, We are helpless. We are absolutely hopeless. Uh, We are so deep in our sin. Um, Verse 1 through 3, what do we see? We see that God does not help those who help themselves. God helps those who are absolutely helpless, and he even helps those who are his direct enemy his foe, those who reject him, those who have sinned against him, that's who he helps. And these three verses, I don't know if you guys noticed this or you at home, but verse one through three is three powerful descriptions of our hopelessness. Number one is we're absolutely dead. Absolutely dead. No no ability at all to respond to God. No ability to, um, to really draw near to God. Um, we are dead. Number two is the prince and power of the air. What is that? Well, it's Satan, and he's everywhere. It's at our workplace. It's in the bathroom. It's we're on the road, in your car. Um, the devil is totally at odds with the kingdom of God, and it is evil. It is not just the course of the world. Uh, it is also spiritual. So you have in verse 1 where it says, uh, let's even read here, uh, verse 1, and you were dead in the trespasses of your sin, verse 2, in which you walked following the course of this world. So this world is evil because of sin, but then we also have this spiritual battle of us following the desires of our flesh. Mm. And then it says, you by nature are children of wrath. And so for me, um, that really shows our helplessness, our hopelessness. Um, and for me in my own reading, this is what I came up with is in our own nature, if we are truly sons and daughters of disobedience, that means that we are deserving of one thing, God's wrath and God's judgment. That, that just is um, cause and effect. <laughs> That's who we are by nature children of disobedience, which then is the byproduct of God's wrath. So if that is the case, then it is absolutely required that it's nothing short of a miracle that we have a rebirth. We have to have a new birth in order to have hope. And that's where the good news comes in, is you're alive in Christ. And I can't help but think of the the situation where Jesus was at the tomb of Lazarus. And it wasn't like Lazarus just said, hey, I'm going to come to life. It was the power of God. He was completely dead, completely dead, even deteriorating. And Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens in the state of a person who comes to Christ is resurrected to a new self. Mm -hmm. Thoughts? Yeah, and I think kind of going back to what you said about the um, we're following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit of the that is now working the sons of disobedience, talking about 
um, just the condition that we're in, it doesn't paint a very good picture at all, the fact that we're literally following in the footsteps of Satan before <laughs> Christ. Um, it, it kind yeah. of falls along the lines of, because I think we, we do, we, we try to um, measure our, our, our by our own standard of good works, uh, whether or not we are feel like we are right with God, or whether we feel like God uh, should allow us into heaven, and that's a very much a um, not only something that our culture, I think, um, uh, experiences, or we they they kind of not push, but they t- that kind of own self justification. But I think that it's hard to kind of swallow that, or it's hard to even just think of ourselves in that light. But when you think about the description of Satan, especially when you see it in the Old Testament, like in Isaiah 14, uh, when he talks about like I will ascend, uh, I will ascend to the Most High, I will do all these things, and the um, what Satan represents and what the sons of disobedience are following is this I will mentality. It's the I will do this. I will make myself right. I will uh, make my own decisions. I will uh, get myself into the right position with God. And that seeps in in a lot of different aspects, not even just before Christ, but even after Christ, that whole push for I will. And uh, and so uh, Paul's painting this bleak picture, but I think it's uh, it's good to understand the spiritual condition that we are in before Christ and also the spiritual condition that tries to rise up again and inside of us even after Christ yeah. when we try to either um, pick and choose maybe some of the things that we want Christ to have lordship in our life, you know. And so uh, this, uh, it seems really harsh, the, the verbiage that Paul is using here, but it's, uh, it's accurate, uh, which it is sh- important to understand. <laughs> and it should be, like... How often do you get frustrated with yourself, not just others, but with yourself? Going through the motions, I, I, I take my salvation for granted all the time. And it's reading this again to understand our helpless state. Without God, we are deserving of the immense penalty of wrath. Why? Is because we crossed the line. That's trespassing. We crossed the line. We've resisted and rebelled against God. Our hostility was rejection to God. And we're helpless. We're without a savior. And so then when God comes in with his mercy, that's like the best news ever. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, um, uh, Michael uh, Miller uh, just uh, tweeted. And um, by the way, if you did not hear last week's uh, podcast, Michael Miller was our guest. And boy, this guy knows his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Michael, we love you. And uh, I, I love your quote. You just said, saved. Saved is not uh, just eschological. Uh, it, it's also practical for those who don't know those big words like myself. Uh, we are saved from our own flesh. We are saved to life. What happens is literally our dead body, our sinful flesh is dead, and we take on an entirely new flesh, which is Jesus Christ. That's the power of communion, too, is just remembering that he took on. He took on the penalty of our flesh, our sin. He took it on himself to the point where he took on the wrath of God, where God himself, his Father, had to turn his face away for you Mm. and for me. We have a new destiny. We have a new identity, and that is as heirs in Christ, sons and daughters of the living God. How? And he even says this. He interrupts um, on... uh, Verse verse 5. Verse 5. It's by grace. It's by grace, by the way. It's by grace. Grace is unmerited favor, and to break that down means favor undeserved. You and I do not deserve grace, and we can't even earn it. It comes only from the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And one thing that stands out to me here, too, if we're still on observation, is um, uh, verse 8. Um, we spent a lot of time on at least one or two podcasts that we've done in the past with this because it's it's such a thing that so many people get hung up on. But for by grace, you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, um, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Um, verse 9. So uh, 
just works. That just, I think a lot of people really get hung up on works. It's hard to get past the mentality that if I do this, if I'm good enough, if I'm consistent enough, if I do this and I do that and I do these things right, that's going to make me more right with God than it would be if I, if I don't do these things in this way. So I, that just really, uh, observation-wise, that good really point. stood out to me. And also, just so you guys know, too, a little side note. You see us up here checking our phones and stuff. We're not trying to be rude. We're, uh, <laughs> we're uh, checking Twitter and trying to make sure that we're catching up with you guys on everything you're saying. So anyway, if anybody has anything on that. Facebook. Um, to what you're saying, uh, Brent, is um, for it's not it, how this constantly tries to push up this uh, this whole uh, not by works. And I think what's really important when we read Ephesians and we read all scripture, but especially in, in this chapter, is we look at the tense, the tense at which Paul is saying things. So like verse six, uh, it's, it's past tense, even though it's by grace we've been saved, but he's raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places uh, in Christ Jesus. And I think that's amazing to think that that's past tense. Mm. That, that like, because I know that even in my own heart, I have a really hard time receiving uh, uh, God's uh, grace and mercy. Or not only that, like when I, if I have a good week, so I'll have a, I'll have a good week, I'll read my Bible every day, I'll, I'll treat Laney right, you know, I'll serve her, I'll, uh, I'll pray a lot, you know, I'll tell people about Jesus. I feel like when I do that, my prayers get like an extra oomph, you know, like they go up there to God and God's like, oh, yeah, like, like he's been doing good this week. Like, yeah, of course I'm going to answer these prayers, like pass them out, you know, and then like and then that in turn will like turn into like there's a, a bad week will come up and where I will fall short. And then all of a sudden I'm coming to God and I'm just like, oh, God, just like don't let me like get in a car accident. Like just just that, that. like I don't want like blessings. I just don't want to die this week. And and so like. But it's great. I know. It's weird. Anyways, but it's great that, like, he's already saying that, like, he's seated us with him, like, in the box seats in heaven. Like, like the best possible place you can be, uh, the best possible place that we can be for eternity, he's already, past tense, seated us there. And I think that's so important because I, I do. I just struggle with my own trying to try to earn God's approval or earn his favor or maybe feel like my prayers aren't going to be answered as well because I'm not living the right life. But God has already placed and thrown so much on me because of what Christ has done. And then it goes down into verse seven where it says that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. And so not only in like in my seated with Christ in heavenly places. I've been raised, I've been saved, I've been made alive even though I was dead. Now, God is going to point to me in future generations and say, you know how much I love people? Look at that guy. I'm pouring out so much love and so much riches and so much grace and so much awesomeness into his life that that, that shows you my character. And he's using us. Like, in the that's coming awesome. ages, he might show. He might show this. So, like, that's what he's pouring on us right now. And uh, and I think a lot of times it's just we we lack either the, the the knowledge sometimes to just even receive that. And so it's just like it's so great to just have, I mean, this is such a, awesome. a full chunk of Scripture. You know, uh, keep it coming. You guys are texting in and everything. This is awesome. You're helping us preach. Um, uh uh, I just got a text, and I love this. It's It says, be to do, not do to be. And I'll explain that in a second, because uh, it just confirms where I, where I sense we were supposed to go. Before we can even understand who we are in Christ, uh, we kind of focused a little bit of who we were in our sin, in the depravity, in the darkness uh, of our, our, our dead flesh. Um, now, in Christ, what are we created to be? Let me ask you that question. Can you answer that for yourself? Why do you exist? Why did God create you? Why? I mean, isn't that the first question to existence and understanding our purpose? Maybe you're struggling with life and you don't know what your purpose is. Ask yourselves, why did God create you? And in 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, we read this as a staff this week, verse 9. It tells us why we're created. It says, but you are a chosen race. God chose us. God loves us. He chose you before the foundations of the earth, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. We were created for him in the context of relationship. 
that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That is amazing, and that's why we're created, to have relationship with him, for him, for his glory. But the byproduct is that we proclaim the excellencies of God, and that's where uh, it draws us to that we are, uh, verse 10, we are his workmanship. We're not created for works. We're created to give back glory and excellencies to God. So in this point that uh, Jim Bailey uh, texted, be to do. We're created to do for God, not to do to be. So basically what it's saying is we're created to be who God has created us to be. Him for us, us for him. Our identity is in Christ alone. Remember last week we said Jesus plus nothing is spirituality. Jesus plus nothing is everything. However, in the New Testament and even in 2018, we see uh, doctrines and, 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 and people who are misguided just trying to say, no, it's Jesus plus something. Jesus plus works. Jesus plus baptism. Jesus plus this plus this plus church attendance. And if it was Jesus plus church attendance, you'd all be in trouble because you're not here. <laughs> so, um, Jesus, come on. <laughs> uh, that's not fair. <laughs> Jesus plus nothing. Like, we are His. Our identity is His. Then, in relationship, we do works to declare and proclaim the excellencies of God. Just like uh, in our marriages, uh, when we want thriving marriages and we're truly um, understanding. <laughs> that us three men, we married up, and we understand that we don't deserve what we have. Um, it's that it's that reality of, man, this is this is absolutely incredible. And because what I have is phenomenal, I am going to bless it. I'm going to serve her. I'm going to love her, uh, even in the bad times. It's because th <laughs> that's relationship. That's that's what we do in relationship. Should we move on? Yeah, that sounds Probably. great. Okay. So who we are is we are his because of God's grace, and that is nothing that you have done for yourself or earned. It is solely because Jesus did it on the cross for us. And now we're going to kind of see what God has given us and what our role uh, is within that. So let's read Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 14. Go ahead and get your phones out or your Bibles out and follow us. Chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. Daniel, you want to start? Yeah, sure. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be the praise of his glory, might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Wow. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Hmm. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus of your love toward all the saints. Are we done? Mm -hmm. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> I just wanted more and more. That's okay. So, <laughs> um, 
what I mean, this is so rich. Uh, Daniel, do you want to just touch on uh, some of the things that just pop off the page about what God has done? It kind of goes in conjunction with what we were talking about, about um, the the works, just the earning things. And this is Paul is giving us a great picture of of who we are now in Christ, like what we have now because of him. And what's awesome is that when you read the scripture first, it's like the longest run on sentence of all time. Like in the original <laughs> text, it literally is like one sentence. All of those scriptures are. So it's all like one run on sentence. So English majors and teachers, I'm sure you guys are going to know. <laughs> My wife, now. Lauren, and I were reading this last night, and she goes, wow, that's a run on. Exactly. Where do you take a breath? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. And so... But I think what's really cool here is that you see all of the things that God, uh, through Jesus, is giving us. And uh, what's amazing is that it's so lopsided. It's so lopsided between what God is giving us and what we do in response or what our response is. So like verse, uh, verse 3, he blesses. Verse 4, he, cho- he, cho- he chooses. He chose. He chose. Uh, 5, he predestines. He adopts. 6, he, ad- he bestows grace. Uh, seven, he redeems and forgives. Eight, he lavishes. Nine, he makes known his purposes. Uh, ten, he unites us together with Christ. Eleven, he is working. Thirteen, he is sealing. There's all these things that he is doing and pouring out in us. You know what our response is in this scripture? We have four things that we do. <laughs> we need to listen. We need to believe. We need to receive. And we need to hope. What, what, what were those again? <laughs> we need to listen. What? Believe. Receive and hope. That's it. That's our response. God has put all of this on us, and our response is that. Listen, believe, receive, and hope. And I feel like that's just a perfect representation of, of not only the gospel, but just uh, the perspective of what God is, is pouring out on us because just he loves us like i mean so much about this is about his love for us and that this was his purpose and that this brought him pleasure and it brought him joy to do all of these things you know i just think that there is just uh it blows me away that given our condition that we read about in in second uh in in ephesians 2 1 through 3 that god still has done all of this for Mm. us that's amazing. Um, I'm, I'm so drawn to, as well, uh, one of the actions that he did for us is he sealed us. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, or this past week, um, the Tuesday's podcast, where it was, I believe, you, Brent, uh, Jacob, and Michael Miller. Yeah. I tell you what, I've listened to that twice already. Really? It is so rich. Um, I, just, I just love the spontaneous or sp- spontaneity and also just the, the depth um, just like uh, Ephesians 3 says that uh, we are to grow in uh, the depth of our roots into the knowledge of Jesus. And if you want to do that, listen to that podcast. Um, but one thing uh, Jacob says, shout out to Jacob. Um, what? He Watching says from West Virginia today. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, isn't it his birthday? It's birthday today. weekend, I think. Mm. Happy birthday. Um, but anyways, uh, the whole idea, the whole idea of a seal especially in biblical days, was to make it absolutely official. Um, If that seal was broken when you received whatever you're receiving, that means it was tampered with, that it is not the original authentic piece that it was, and you're not supposed to trust it. You're not supposed to buy into it. It was tampered with. The sealing of the Holy Spirit is something that can't be broken. Um, The sealing of the Holy Spirit is God saying, I am placing this seal on your hearts with my Holy Spirit to let you know that the risen Christ is who he says he is and who he will always be, and my word will come to pass. I mean, that, that is our hope. Mm-hmm. That's our hope in the risen Savior. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked a, lo- a lot of times, and you've said this, Daniel, is, you know, our identity is not based on any doctrine it's not based on anything but Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's based on his person. His yeah. person and his resurrection. Mm-hmm. Like if he did not raise from the dead, all this is in vain. Mm-hmm. It's based on his resurrection. And then he says, that's not it. I'm going to send my spirit, my, my manifest presence into the hearts of those who believe, receive, listen, and hope. Like... <laughs> 
that excites me. Now I'm getting warm. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I hope you're encouraged by that. It's like, it's nothing we've done. It's all that he has done. He just asks us to believe it. Listen to it by, uh, what's, it, what's it say? Uh, we believe by hearing and hearing of the word mm -hmm. and receive it, walk in it, uh, which might be a, a segue. Um, yeah, that's great. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the last podcast. Segway, <laughs> yeah. Jacob, is not the Mall thing cop. that you ride. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. Um, man, I just feel like we have to repeat these words that we see in Ephesians 1. God blesses, mm -hmm. verse 3. Verse 4, he chooses. He chose you. Verse 5, he predestines us. He chose us and adopts us as his own. Remember Ephesians uh, 2 that says we were dead? Yeah, he chose us and adopted us. Mm -hmm. Verse 6, he bestows grace upon us. Verse 7, he redeems and forgives us. Verse 8, he lavishes his love on us. Verse 9, he makes known and the, uh, he makes known to us his purposes. Verse 10, he unites us together in Christ. Verse 11, he works. Verse 13, he seals. And what are our actions? We listen, we believe, we receive, and we hope. Mm. Wow. So, Let's finish out on how we walk this out. How does this look in our daily lives? If we are in Christ, seated in Christ, we are alive in Christ, we are resurrected in Christ, we are God's heirs in Christ. How do we walk that out? So let's look at um, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 through 21, and then we'll turn the page together and we'll go to uh, chapter 6 verses 10 through 18. So let's start with Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 through 21. Brent? All right. Uh, just to clarify so there's no confusion, which of you goes after me? We'll uh, choose. Uh, I'll go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among the saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which is out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure uh, or who is covetous, or covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God, remember that, children of wrath, sons of disobedience, wrath of God is coming uh, upon the sons of disobedience. Verse 7. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but in, instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Okay, and um, can we just move to Ephesians uh, chapter 6, starting with verse 10. Verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor, not just a piece, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Verse 12. 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand uh, you be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints. Wow. Wow. So let's go back to Ephesians 5. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what's comforting to me, uh, besides these heaters down here, (laughs) um, what's comforting to me is we don't, we don't have to complicate walking it out. Zechariah 4, 6 says, it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. So if his spirit is the seal, the guarantee uh, that we are chosen, that we are a royal priesthood, that we are his to bring glory and excellencies and, and good works to his name, um, it shouldn't be complicated. And Ephesians 5.1 doesn't complicate it. It says, therefore, be imitators of God, which is interesting when it says, therefore, it's very important to kind of know why it is therefore. So what is it there for? Let's go back to <laughs> chapter 4, verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one, one another as Christ forgave you. That's walking it out through the wisdom that Jesus Christ gives us through the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. So what do we do? We imitate God. That's it. We imitate God. Well, how do we imitate something? We watch, we observe, we walk, we know, we learn, and then we imitate. I mean, that's it. It says imitate God as beloved children and walk in love. God's very nature is love. And so if we're going to imitate the nature of God, we are going to produce fruit of love. Period. That's it. As Christ's love, he loved us. And gave himself up for us. That's the example. That is the model of the love that it's talking about. So when we try to complicate things of what I'm doing for God. And how am I reading the chapter a day. Oh my. I'm a week behind. No it's be imitators of God. What's that look like? Well first of all you got to know his love. Mm-hmm. So it's in context of relationship. Yeah. Um, what about you Brent or Daniel? Uh, I think uh, what's uh, amazing when you see a lot of the to do's. Which is, um, uh, which you see, yeah, I mean, you're seeing like these are actions that we can uh, apply. It's out of reverence to Christ. So everything is because of what Christ has done for us. We forgive because God has forgiven us. Um, walk in the love that we're imitating God because he's already put his love on us. Submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. And uh, I think what's really important is that it's, it's hard to... Um, look at a person that has wronged you, especially in some of our uh, more intimate relationships. It is hard to uh, peer through that person and see loving them for reverence to Christ. Uh, A lot of times we see ourselves as the ones that have experienced the wrong. We have been the one that have been wronged and we, uh, we see that we see less of the we see that situation, but we don't necessarily put that in context for the amount of wrong that we have done to Christ and since he's forgiven us of so much, we, uh, we out of reverence for that, uh, should forgive the people uh, around us, in front of us. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, it's almost like it uh, has to be a work of the Spirit for where we peer through the person that has wronged us, and we see Christ. And we see that I'm, I may be forgiving somebody uh, or releasing somebody from what they've done to me, not because necessarily they deserve it, but because I didn't deserve what Christ did for me. And so I peer through that person and I look and I say, uh, I'm, uh, I'm 
putting this love towards you. I'm walking in the sacrificial love, the endless love, the uh, love that doesn't require a response that Christ poured on me. And I'm and I'm responding by pouring that love and giving that love and extending that forgiveness on others. And, yeah. I, and I think that's that helps when um, I mean, imagine just take your relationship with your spouse or with your coworkers or with your yeah. friends or family. Imagine yeah. if you began to start to peer through the person and see Christ on the other end and see that yeah. when I'm submitting to this person, I'm submitting them out of reverence to Christ, not because they've earned it, yeah. uh, because I never earned it. Right. Because I didn't earn my Christ putting so much of these blessings and love that we just read about. I didn't earn any of that, but he put it on me. And so because of that, I live out a response, yeah. not necessarily because of a checklist of things to do. I think mm -hmm. of uh, we all, uh, all of us three up here have uh, small children, and I think of uh, the innocence and 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 the motive of our children is to please. Mm. It, Daddy, look what I did. Daddy, do you like it? Daddy, 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 look what I did. I mean, he doesn't draw pictures just for anybody. He wants to please. I mean, he always wants me to watch him. Why? To condemn him? No. He wants, yeah, buddy, that was awesome. He jumped off the couch, and it's like he climbed Mount Everest. <laughs> he flew. I mean, and um, I think of that, you know, um, thank you, Nancy Warwick, for this comment, is you remember those bracelets, what would Jesus do? Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily that. That's good. But then we start to think, okay, I got to do this because Jesus did it. Yeah. It's because I got to be like Jesus, so I'm going to do it. No. It's Jesus loves us, and he did everything for us to save us. We were absolutely hopeless, and so he is the love of our hearts, the, the lover of our souls. He, he is the only reason we can have hope, and so why do we do what we do? Is Daddy, hey, Daddy, hey, Jesus, we want to please you because you did everything. I mean, you're my number one desire, Jesus I, I mean, I heard John Piper just the other day talk about how when we, uh, how when we are born again, um, just like in the natural, when a baby's born, what is the first sign of life? Is is the cry. Mm -hmm. If there is no sound, no cry, there's something to be concerned about. So yeah. when we become born again in Jesus, our <laughs> our first sound is, Daddy. We love you. We want to please you, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Our hearts are yours. That's what this all means, is to love and to serve God and to love others, which is fruit of us being in Christ. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome stuff. <laughs> and I would be remiss if I didn't, didn't mention this part of the Scripture as well. Michael Miller pointed it out here um, on a uh, tweet. Um, but being a worship leader, being a musical guy, um, this really speaks to me. And you talk about, you know, showing love to one another, imitating God towards one another. Um, when you get into um, the lower verses here in Ephesians 5, uh, the portion that we read, um, I have now lost it. <laughs> um, uh, there it is, uh, 19. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, mm -hmm. giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Um, that tied in with you bringing up um, children. Um, it just really clicks together in my brain talking about, um, you know, when I, when I speak to my children, when I put them down to bed at night, um, it's just like I, if I put Riley's my girl, when I put her to bed at night, sometimes, you know, you can say good night. I love you. And you can say all these nice words and it's great. But man, the look and the smile that she gets when I'll sit down and say, you know, I've got sunshine and I'll tell her, you know, she's my girl like that. Just that just drives it home and just the the importance what i think here what ties it together for me when is it's just, cold outside <laughs> or in the sanctuary yeah. um Very but just sanctuary. the way that that speaking to each other in that way really gets into people's heart um i think that that's just an awesome model and uh like what uh michael miller has said at the end he said that's a great application of ephesians god does much we serve and then praise mm. and then also touching on loving one another um 
if we speak to each other in that way, even just even if we don't sing, but just from our hearts, yeah. um, I think that is that's an amazing way to communicate. So, kind of, is it if it's okay? Have it. It's funny <laughs> when I read this because it's like addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Mm. When you read that, it's kind of like, do we just always talk in song? Do we like we're like Kumbaya. a walking musical, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Jesus loves you. Hey, Phil, how's it going? Yeah. Do you want some coffee? Cream and sugar? <laughs> you know, like what? What? what are, of course, I'm I'm obviously not the least musically talented person here. So, um, please sure. accept <laughs> my apology, everybody. I'm sure my wife's ears are bleeding. Um, so. <laughs> And when I look at that, I'm like, okay, what does that even mean? Like, what yeah. does it mean to do that? And I, I, I actually heard a, um, a kind of a commentary on this, and I think <laughs> it was really cool. Is he talked about it? Think about it as like like background music in a uh, in a movie. Mm. You know what's coming up because of the background music. Yeah. You know, if you're watching a scary movie <laughs> and things start getting a little <laughs> ominous, you know, you're like, oh, this person's gonna start running in a cornfield, and it's done. <laughs> they're over. It's, they're, Dun-na. It's game over for them. I know. Dun-na. Yeah, exactly. Jaws, you know. It doesn't yeah. mean that you're going to like, you know, go you shouldn't go swimming when you hear that, you know. <laughs> Stay away from the uh water. Uh and so like I, I think about that as like think of, of of our lives, our hearts uh displaying background music to people. So, uh and that kind of invokes a response. So, if uh somebody's going through a really hard time when we're in community with each other, uh, we are able to sing melodies over each other by the way our hearts are responding to the situations that they're going through. Yeah. So, like, if somebody's going through a really hard time and we are singing doom and gloom kind of over them with that background music, then they're already expecting, okay, here's more bad things to come. This is going to be more terrible things in my life. But when we're addressing somebody through the power of the Holy Spirit, it is giving us that... Uh, we're we're shifting their perspective because we're invoking a different response. Like, no, like you can actually be joyful in the situation or no, God hasn't abandoned you. And and so it's almost like we are we're shifting the background music that's happening in the person's life and in their situation. And and I think that it also kind of ties in mm. to the scripture that's right above that, which is still another kind of scripture where you're like, all right, what's going on here when he says, Don't get drunk with wine, which is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. And is that just kind of like the, you know, never touch alcohol, that kind of thing? And I, I don't, I, th- I think there's some application for that, but I don't really think that's what Paul's trying to convey here. Because I think when, uh, when you drink, you're drinking in response, especially if you're, uh, if you're drinking in response to a situation, then you're deadening, you're deadening your senses, you're deadening what you're experiencing and you're trying to squash what's going on, and you're actually becoming less and less aware of what's going on around you. But the Holy Spirit is like a stimulant. It is giving us more and more perspective. It gives us better Mm. perspective. It gives Mm. us better vision about what's going on. So in response to what people are going through, especially in community, uh, uh, you can can be the kind of the deadened part of it, and you can kind of push people away from that or you can be filled with the spirit and sing a background music over them that completely shifts their perspective that yeah. gives them wow. clarity and light into that and uh and so that kind of helped me a little bit especially not being musically gifted i feel like yeah. if i tried to do that i would be a damage to the witness and people would <laughs> run away from the lord and no one would it's, come to church it's because quite entertaining yeah um, hey, yeah but, no uh, uh go ahead daniel <laughs> no yeah so that that to me kind of like that that's uh, it sticks out to me in that and and also I mean then it says I mean and, and part of all of this is is fifteen too be careful how you walk that's not as unwise but as wise mm. and can can I take uh, can I jump on there real quick oh yeah, absolutely I, I think everything that we said you know our identity in Christ and now we're sealed with the Spirit and the Spirit brings wisdom how we walk this out as imitators of God is wisdom. Um, and I just want to say a few things before we transition to chapter six with the armor. If you go to, um, the book of James, uh, it's further back. It's after Hebrews and it's right before, um, first Peter. Um, it is chapter three, verse 14. 
And it's talking about wisdom of the world versus wisdom of God. So if we're supposed to walk out this life in Christ through his wisdom, then we kind of need to know what his wisdom is and what it looks like and what it feels like. So read with me. Um, I don't believe it's going to be on your TV screen, but it's again, it's James chapter 3. Uh, Verse 14, it says, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This always gets me. Verse 15, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above. So basically, this is not the wisdom you want to be imitators of God. And it says this, um, it is earthly, it is unspiritual, and it is demonic goes right back to Ephesians 2 of about the course of the world, the prince and the power of the air. It is the devil. It is evil. The patterns of this world don't follow it. For where jealousy and selfish ambition ambition exists, there will be disorder in every vile practice. Now we get, but the wisdom of God, that's the wisdom we need. The wisdom of God through the spirit, because of what Jesus has done, is first of all pure then it's peaceable, then it's gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And that transitions us into where I wanted to look in chapter four of Ephesians. So turn back, chapter four of Ephesians, verse 30, verse 30. This this is all guided by the wisdom. So therefore, because we are to follow the wisdom of God, directed by the spirit that lives within us, it says this, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed, there's that sealed again, for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. Be kind to one another. And before we go to the armor of God, and this is why we need to put on the armor of God, so many Christians out there are really stuck and wrestling with anger and bitterness and jealousy. And I don't know how to say it as kindly as possible, but we need to really let that crap go. We need to really get rid of it. Um, It is damaging the body of Christ. It is making the person who is holding jealousy Uh, bitterness, unforgiveness, even rage. It's holding you captive. It is putting you in a prison cell and it is making you absolutely miserable and robbing you from the very life of God that he has designed us. We need to let it go. It is destroying churches, literally people bickering and backstabbing and jealous and hating people This is not, this is not the fruit of God at all, but it is the course of the world and it is stirred by the um, prince and power of the air and then it is also us following the desires of our flesh. Galatians 5 says we need to walk by the spirit and not gratify uh, the desires of the flesh. And I just say that with love, but stop hating y'all. Stop the jealousy. Stop the bitterness. It is choking you. It is really strangling so many people who have been chosen by God and loved by God. Let it go. And how do we let it go? We give it to God and we put on his armor. We put on that love. We put on the armor. So what what would you guys say as we close out here with living it out in wisdom. Why the armor of God? Why? What's so important about it? Um, I, I think what's uh, it's part of walking it out. So all of Ephesians, especially the end of Ephesians, is kind of giving us practical information of what to do to walk it out. But I think it's also really good as believers to just understand that we have just a present opposition always against us, that we don't war with flesh and blood that we are constantly roar, warring uh, on a battlefield. Honestly, that takes place mostly in our minds, uh, mostly in our hearts, as, we're, uh, as the lies of the enemy are trying to come against us. And, uh, and so a lot of the armor is actually, uh, there's some things to be said about the specific pieces uh, and what they actually cover and what they do. Uh, but uh, really, it, it, is, it is, is protection. 
is protection because you need to protect your mind. You need to protect your mind with the hope and the understanding and understanding of salvation, knowing that our we're seated with Christ already seated in Christ. Protect your mind and understand that this is uh, that what you're facing right now is not actually going to be a forever reality. That is it a present. It's a present uh, it's a present situation, but it's not going to be for eternity because Christ already gives us the hope. And so we protect our minds with that. We protect our, our hearts and uh, with righteousness, knowing that, like, there's I've been made right because of Christ. And, and so I don't have to feel this doubt. I don't have to have this fear. My heart is overwhelmed with anxiety or depression or worry, knowing that I don't know if I'm going to be enough. I don't know if I'm making God happy enough for me. No, like we are, we are protected and sealed. Like our heart is protected by the righteousness that we have because of Christ. Yeah. And so you could kind of, we could kind of go through all of the, uh, the pieces of armor, but I think it's really the big theme here is that, is that, Satan's opposed to us. He, like he wants nothing more for us to align our our thinking, our mind, and our actions to uh, to what his is. You know, the I will mentality. The and 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 follows the same theme. The theme of the sons of disobedience. And and so, because uh, I think it's that's where if we don't understand who opposes us, yeah. we are always going to be in conflict with one another. Like Phil was saying. Uh, the whole anger, the jealousy, the wrath, the bitterness. That's because we've lost sight. We've lost sight. We've only seen the person across of us that's wronged us, and we've lost perspective of who we were, what Christ has done for us, and who opposes us. So we've lost sight of those three things, and so now we're just focused initially on the. Sorry, what's going on? No, no, I, I, I'm loving what you're saying. I'm amen and. Oh, thanks. Um, I guess yeah. That's cool. Anyway, right. we're but getting it, some tweets saying, "How do I amen and tweet?" I don't know. Uh, did you say that right? Yeah, you did. That's good. Thanks. Uh, you're growing up. Progress. I know exactly, and so and I guess so. That's why it's it's so important to like. Just go back to the walking it out. Walk carefully. Yeah. Like walk wise. Like walk with the right perspective. Like let these truths shape your uh, your mind, shape your thoughts, shape your actions, and shape your attitudes towards yourself and towards other people. Like let it wow. change you. Because if not, you're going to walk unwise. You're going to be so caught up with the conflicts that you have with other people or the awful feeling that you place on yourself when you look at God and you think the way he looks at you. Or, you know, or you're going to just allow yourself to be bitter or angry because of all this. Or you're not going to serve people well. And, and you're not going to get a part of the good works that yeah. we talked about in Ephesians 2 that God has planned a long time ago for you. He's purposed you for amazing, amazing things. But if you're walking unwise, you're going to miss that opportunity. Yeah. And we all have a choice. We have to remind ourselves this. I, we have a choice. If there's something uh, that I can encourage you with this week, is write it down on your dashboard, your computer, wherever. You have a choice. You have a choice of what you dwell on. You have a choice of what you think. You have a choice of what you're gravitated towards. You have a choice whether or not to click the button that's going to lead you to a really uh, not healthy site on the Internet. You have a choice of what's going to come out of your mouth. Um, you have a choice of what you dwell on. And honestly, for me, that's the whole incredible key to the armor of God is the armor of God isn't just to make us look awesome and to make us look like Jesus, but it's to remind us of who we are. It's to remind us the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith. That's who we are. We're not fighting this battle on our own. The battle's already won, by the way. We're to stand and stand firm in our identity, in the blessings that God has given us, in the power of his spirit. Now I think we're teaching. Uh, I mean, that is it. And so I want to encourage all of our listeners as we close. Remember who you are. Mm -hmm. Make a choice this week to just be in his word, whether it's a chapter a day, starting with Ephesians 6 uh, today and Philippians 1 tomorrow, or whether it's it's just opening the word, opening a devotional that's going to lead you to the heart of God. Make a choice 
Make a choice to put on that armor, to put on that peace that passes all understanding, which comes from the God of peace. To use the sword of the Spirit to, to stand in truth and to always protect who you are, your identity, your thoughts with the helmet of salvation, which is only by grace. I want to thank everyone for watching. Uh, thank you for um, just your patience and understanding. I hope this was um, a good change. I hope this was encouraging to you. Um, in just a moment, we're going to pray. But I want to, uh, while I have your attention, um, if you truly enjoyed this kind of setting, um, if this was something that uh, you could definitely use more of as a resource every week to kind of just uh, uh, connect your, your, your cables to and just recharge your battery every week, uh, we're going to be here every week on, on this podcast. Um, are we off battery-wise? Oh, nope, that just must, must be my headphones. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, so, Brent, do you just want to tell us how we can connect to the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to um, connect to the podcast, um, if you can subscribe to it, you get all of our updates that we do every single week. Um, whenever we upload a new episode, it automatically uploads if you are subscribed. So if you go to, um, you can go to iTunes, basically wherever podcasts are available, the most popular spaces, you can go to iTunes, you can go to Stitcher, you can go to SoundCloud as well. So if you go to those three places and uh, subscribe to us, um, you can just get everything that we're putting out there. So um, we also do a Facebook post, um, and we do a post on the ECC app. If you don't have that as well, you can go to the App Store and download. Uh, just search ECC or Elevation Community Church, and you can download the app. But we post as well to give you guys a heads up whenever we put out new podcasts. So you can get those anytime you want. And uh, how do we? Uh, how, how how does someone connect to the phone app as well? Yeah, if you want the phone app, um, just kind of like I touched on, just go to the App Store. You can either go in iTunes or uh, yeah, the iTunes App Store, or you can go to Google Play App Store, and you just search Elevation Community Church, and um, it'll pull right up for you. It's just a black logo with a uh, black square with our logo on it. Click that, and then uh, choose to download. It's free. And uh, what we'll do is we'll start publicizing on our um, weekly impact podcast for you to tweet along with us as well as the text. Um, so you could uh, also be participating in that. A uh, couple other things. Um, Celebrate Recovery is a ministry that we uh, provide here on Tuesday nights. 6.30 is dinner and 7 o'clock is the large group session. And we just want to give a shout out to all of our leaders, all of our volunteers, and all of our attenders to Celebrate Recovery. Uh, this week marks the one-year anniversary of mm -hmm. Celebrate Recovery. Awesome. And uh, lives have truly been changed because of Jesus through this uh, this program called Celebrate Recovery. Uh, hopefully soon we'll hear more testimonies about it. But we would love for you to join us for a special Celebrate Recovery uh, night this Tuesday. Uh, again, 6.30, we're going to have a special dinner. And 7 o'clock, we're going to start. And so you don't want to miss that. Um, if there's not anything else. Well, uh, one one yeah. thing I want to say, just say, uh, say thank you guys so much for joining us, but also for participating uh, I did get something from Jared, too, talking uh, about um, uh, being sealed. This was really cool. He said it in uh, Daniel 6, the king sealed the lion's den so that the purpose concerning Daniel would not be changed. Uh, so in regarding to the Holy Spirit sealing us as God's children, his purpose in us will not be changed. Yeah. Shout out to Jared. Jared, Ron, he's on our uh, worship team here. So thanks for that input, Jared. That's wow. awesome. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Awesome. Thank and you, Jared. If you really, could you do us a favor? Not for us. We just want to know that you're tapped in, that you're tuning in. Uh, if this was something that blessed you and was encouraging to you, would you please just either uh, text that number, tweet or go on Facebook and let us know. Um, we just want to be able to tap into um, the biggest need that you guys have and resource you. And if that's not doing that, then we want to think of something else to do that. Uh, we love you guys. So let's pray together. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a passage from Ephesians 3. And so if you have kids with you, uh, if you're in your living room or wherever, can you just kind of quiet your heart as, as much as possible? And uh, let us just close in prayer. And I want to speak this over you. Father, we just, um, we just thank you. We thank you for opening our eyes to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We thank you for setting us free.
We thank you for going to the cross, Jesus, and doing what only you could do to take our place, to take on the wrath of God that is deserving to the sons and daughters of disobedience. And you took our place. And so, Father, we, we hear your word. We hear your spirit drawing us. We believe in you, Father. We believe in you. There is no greater name than the name of Jesus. You are our cornerstone. You are the foundation of our faith. And we receive you and we hope in you and only you. And help us, Father, to continue to have just Jesus plus nothing. We know that we will then have full spirituality and everything that you have for us that we read in Ephesians. And so we pray that Christ may dwell in each of your hearts this week and beyond through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in his love may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, what is the length, what is the height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or think, according to the power of the Spirit at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. 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 All right. Well, that's going to wrap us up for today. Uh, everybody, thanks again for joining us. Um, and for all of us here at Elevation Community Church and for the Weekly Impact Podcast, uh, we just want to say thank you for joining us, and we will see you next week. I'm going home to the fire. Bye, guys. See ya. Stay warm. Love you.